Everything they're doing is on purpose. I break it down for you on the special edition of the Doc Washburn Show. Welcome to the Voice of the Resistance with Doc Washburn. We are the show that pushes back against the uniparty and deep state and lets you in the news that traditional talk radio is all too often afraid to talk about. This is episode 382 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show for Friday, May 12th, 2023. This is a really different kind of talk show. We're unmasked, uncensored, and unfiltered. If you'd like to support what we do, go to our website, docwashburn.com. Click on the button that says Become a Patron. Also, please remember to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode. And make sure you check out our new conservative sports podcast, Red Pill Sports, with my friend Donnie Copeland, which drops Tuesday evenings at 11 p.m. Central. Now, to begin with, there's an old saying, never attribute to malice that which is adequately explained by stupidity. But these days I beg to differ. The evidence of the destruction of this country and the bribing of those at the very top is just too massive to chalk up what they're doing to stupidity. When Joe Biden was running for president back in 2020, he called for illegals to surge to our southern border. Now, with Title 42 gone and untold numbers of illegals streaming across our wide-open southern border, do you really think you'll be able to recognize this once great country soon? Do you really just chalk it up to stupidity? Do you really think it's just incompetence? There's no way. There's absolutely no way. Let's start off over at American Greatness, amgreatness.com, the great Deborah Hine, article entitled House Oversight Report, Bank Records Show Pattern of Biden Family Influence Peddling While Joe Biden Was VP. And she says on Wednesday, the House Oversight and Accountability Committee released astonishing new findings in their months-long investigation into the Biden family's influence peddling operation, including transfers of millions of dollars from foreign entities to the Biden family. During a press conference Wednesday morning, Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer, Republican, Kentucky, noted that many of these wire transfers occurred while Joe Biden was vice president leading the United States efforts in those countries. Now, we have an embedded tweet from Twitter with a video from RNC Research with a reminder, emails, texts, voicemails, photos, and witness testimony prove Joe Biden was fully involved in his son Hunter's corrupt foreign business deals despite Joe's insistence that he never even talked to Hunter about any of it. So here we got the montage starting off with uh, Joe's denial of any accountability and responsibility. And then a bunch of different media voices saying, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. 
I have never discussed with my son or my brother or anyone else to do with their businesses. President Biden met with at least 14 of Hunter's business associates while he was vice president. Then Vice President Joe Biden had dinner with his son Hunter along with Hunter's business associates from Ukraine, Russia and Kazakhstan. And the day after the dinner, a Burisma executive sent a note to Hunter quoting, Dear Hunter, thank you for inviting me to D.C. and giving an opportunity to meet your father and spend some time together. Hunter's lucrative business dealings often included giving as much as 50 percent of his earnings to his dad. The text read, quote, I hope you all can do what I did and pay for everything for this entire family for 30 years. It's really hard, but don't worry. Unlike Pop, I won't make you give me half your salary. His son, Hunter, joining the then vice president on the official visit to Beijing. Unknown to the press back then, Hunter Biden was forming a Chinese private equity fund, planning to raise money, including from Chinese investors. Ten days after the Biden's trip, Shanghai authorities issued the fund's business license. And uh, Hunter introduced me as, uh, this is Tony, Dad, uh, the individual I told you about that's helping us with the business that we're working on and the Chinese. The email reads this way, quote, at the moment, there's a provisional agreement that the equity will be distributed as follows. Ten held by Hunter for the big guy. I a thousand percent sit here and know that the big guy is referencing Joe Biden. I met with the former vice president in person multiple times. A newly revealed text message shows Bobolinsky was apparently warned by business partner James Gillier. Don't mention Joe being involved. It's only when you are face to face. I know you know that, but they are paranoid. Chinese executives admitted to reporters that they were actually introduced to the vice president by Hunter Biden. Hunter and the then vice president seen with a pair of Mexican billionaires at the same time Hunter had been working on energy deals in Mexico. Joe Biden also had Hunter and his business partner fly on Air Force Two to Mexico. His closest business partner, Hunter's, made at least 19 visits to the White House and other official locations, including a sit-down with then-Vice President Joe Biden in the West Wing. There's photographic evidence of Biden on a golf outing with both his son, Hunter, and a man called Devin Archer, who was another member of the Burisma board. We also know that Devin Archer in that picture had a meeting in the White House, one-on-one meeting with Joe Biden about a week before they joined the Burisma board. There you have it. Deborah Hine continues in American Greatness. The Republican-led panel's second interim report provides clear evidence in the form of bank records proving that Hunter Biden received money directly from China and was involved in a business deal with a Romanian figure accused of corruption. The 36-page report also shows that Hunter helped arrange a meeting between one of his foreign business associates and someone in his father's vice presidential office. The bank records uncovered by House investigators thus far reveal that the Biden family, their business associates, and their companies received over $10 million from foreign nationals' companies. In its report, James Comer's Oversight Committee wrote this, The committee has uncovered evidence indicative of influence peddling and financial deception warranting further investigation and legislative solutions. Biden family members and business associates created a web of over 20 companies, most were limited liability companies, formed during Joe Biden's vice presidency. 
Now, during the press conference Wednesday, Comer named the nine Biden family members who received wire transfers from foreign entities via Hunter Shell Companies. So, a hat tip here to Kanakoa, who provided that part for us. And it reads, Hunter Biden, James Biden, Sarah Biden, Hallie Biden, Kathleen Biden, Melissa Biden, a niece or nephew, another niece or nephew, and a grandchild. And trust me, it's not the one in Arkansas because they don't claim that one. The panel's findings directly contradict Joe Biden's denials regarding his family's overseas business deals and corporate media's claims that none of the corruption occurred while Biden was vice president. During the press conference Wednesday morning, Congressman Comer said, many in the media have said no transactions happened while Joe Biden was vice president. We've proven that wrong. Joe Biden said in 2020 that his family never took any money from China. Today we've proven that wrong. We believe that the president has been involved in this from the very beginning. Obviously, we're in the beginning stages of this investigation. Now, Comer said Republican investigators have detected a disturbing pattern in which Hunter Biden and his partners brokered lucrative business deals with allegedly corrupt foreign entities in countries where his father had official U.S. policy responsibilities while vice president. This pattern was first exposed years ago when Hunter was given a lucrative position on the board of the Ukrainian energy company Burisma Holdings, which U.S. officials deemed corrupt. Republican investigators found that the Bidens attempted to conceal suspect financial transactions with foreign companies by receiving payments incrementally over time to different bank accounts. Chinese nationals and companies with significant ties to the Chinese Communist Party allegedly hid the source of the money by layering domestic limited liability companies. The report states these complicated financial transactions appear to conceal the source of the funds and reduce the conspicuousness of the total amounts made into the Biden bank accounts. Panel investigators also discovered a series of transactions between 2015 and 2017 with a corrupt Romanian businessman named Gabriel Popovicu who was charged and convicted by Romanian prosecutors with a bribery-related offense in 2016. Now, Popovicu hired Hunter the year before, 2015, as part of an influence campaign to persuade anti-corruption prosecutors in Romania to cut a deal or, better yet, drop the case. Now, according to the committee's report, companies tied to Hunter Biden began receiving payments from the Romanian businessman shortly after then-Vice President Joe Biden met with Romania's president at the White House in September 2015 to discuss, ironically, anti-corruption efforts and rule of law. A year earlier, Biden made a similar speech in Romania. The report says the committee is further concerned that while Vice President Biden advocated publicly for anti-corruption policies in Romania, Bank records show Biden family members and business associates were simultaneously reaping insignificant amounts of money from a Romanian individual 
at the center of a Romanian corruption scandal. About five weeks after Joe Biden met with the Romanian president at the White House, Popovicius' company, Bladen Enterprises Limited, began making deposits into a bank account of a company called Robinson Walker LLC, controlled by one of Hunter Biden's associates, according to the report. And here's what the report says. From November 2015 to May 2017, Bladen Enterprises paid Robinson Walker LLC over $3 million. Biden family accounts received approximately $1.038 million from the Robinson Walker LLC account after Bladen Enterprises deposits. 16 of the 17 payments from Bladen Enterprises to Robinson Walker LLC were made while Joe Biden was vice president. Now, the committee said it looked like the Robinson-Walker account was established to hide the fact that some of the monies would be routed to members of the Biden family. On November 5, 2015, for example, Bladen Enterprises wired almost $180,000 into the Robinson-Walker LLC bank account, and a day later, a third of the amount was transferred to Hunter Biden. In a separate transaction, 84000 of a 172000 payment from Bladen to Robinson Walker was reportedly routed to Biden family members, including Hunter Biden and his former girlfriend, Hallie Biden, who's also the wid- widow of Hunter's brother, Bo. The pattern continued up until early 2017 when Joe Biden left office, according to Congressman Comer's investigation. During a news conference on Wednesday, Comer noted the money stops flowing from the Romanian national soon after Joe Biden leaves the vice presidency. This is a pattern of influence peddling. The committee said it would continue to investigate Hunter Biden and his business associates' engagement with U.S. government officials on behalf of Papavishu. Now, the report also reveals bank records that directly contradict Joe Biden's claim during a presidential debate in October 2020 that his son never received money from China. Again, Biden said, my son has not made money in terms of this thing about, what are you talking about, China? I have not had, the only guy who made money from China is this guy pointing at Trump. He's the only one, nobody else has made money from China. Now, according to the panel's reports, the bank records refute Biden's statement. House investigators found that in 2017 alone, bank records show Biden's family and their related companies received millions of dollars from Chinese foreign nationals companies. One bank receipt highlighted in the report shows a transaction from August of 2017 between a Hunter Biden firm and the Chinese energy firm CEFC. The report said... The bank records establish Owasco PC, Hunter Biden's professional corporation, received $100,000 that was funded by Shanghai Huaxin in China, pointing out that Joe Biden has repeatedly stated, amid mounting evidence to the contrary, that he and his office had no business dealings with Hunter Biden's business clients. The report Wednesday offered, offered additional evidence involving the Serbian businessman of Vuk Jeremic, who was involved in the CEFC deal. And here's what it says. Evidence indicates Hunter Biden and his associates sought to help Jeremic 
with this campaign by leveraging their connection with the office of the vice president and an email dated June 16, 2016, one day after the third payment above, Jeremic wrote Hunter Biden and Eric Schwerin, a Biden family associate, asking if he could meet with the vice president, national security advisor Colin Cowell, related to the elections for U.N. Secretary General. Eric Schwerin wrote to Hunter Biden, think about how you want to respond. On July 2016, Jeremic informed Hunter Biden and his business associates in a follow-up email, quoting now, my meeting with Colin did not last very long, but didn't go too bad, I think. What is suboptimal is that the office of the vice president seems to be outside the decision-making loop on the UNSG, or in other words, United Nations Secretary General, elections issue. Colin promised to get better informed on what's going on at the moment. But it continues. It appears from the evidence that, one, a Biden administration official met with Jeremic to discuss the U.N. Secretary General election at the direction of Hunter Biden and or his business associates. Two, State Energy HK made $3 million in payments to CIRSD around the time frame of Jeremic's campaign. Three, and soon after Vice President Biden left public office in 2017, the same company, State Energy HK, made a $3 million payment to Robinson Walker LLC, and over $1 million of that amount then went to the Bidens. According to the report, Jeremic has thus far declined to assist the congressional investigation. Oversight Republicans said in a tweet, Ultimately, we believe the Biden family and their associates courted business in countries that correlated directly with Joe Biden's work as vice president. This is also not normal. It's not ethical. And this is why we're working toward legislative solutions. White House spokesperson Ian Sams slammed the Republican panel's report in a statement Wednesday calling it an evidence-free, politically motivated investigation. In a White House memo, Ian Sams wrote, House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer is loudly and proudly broadcasting a press conference today to continue his long pattern of making absurd claims that President Biden has made governing decisions not in the interests of America, but of the Chinese Communist Party, using baseless claims, personal attacks, and innuendo to try to score political points. He added that Comer has been promising than failing to deliver this press conference for weeks, raising questions about his shoot-first-figure-it-out-later approach to what is clearly an evidence-free, politically motivated investigation. Comer announced Republicans would be holding a press conference Wednesday on Fox News' Sunday Morning Future on May 7th. In response to the White House, Communications Director at House Committee on Oversight and Accountability, Jessica Collins told American Greatness, bank records don't lie, but the Bidens do. The Oversight Committee has obtained thousands of pages of financial records that document the Biden family's influence peddling schemes. The White House is trying to distract from the concrete evidence obtained by the Oversight Committee Chairman Comer and committee Republicans will present evidence and continue this investigation to determine whether the Bidens were targeted by foreign actors. Biden is compromised and national security is threatened. Uh, That's Deborah Hine over at American Greatness. Article entitled House Oversight Report, Bank Records Show Pattern of Biden Family Influence Peddling 
while Joe Biden was VP. Now, we've only just scratched the surface. Everything they're doing is on purpose, and we will continue breaking that down for you momentarily. Look, if you've tried to buy a car recently, you realize you may have a hard time finding what you're looking for. People I know have actually bought vehicles from hundreds of miles away from where they live. That's where Red River Auto comes in. Red River Auto is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV the way you want to. You can buy online, and they'll drive it to you, no matter where you are. Red River Auto wants to make your car buying experience as easy and transparent as possible. Red River Auto Group has perfected the online buying process. Just go to redriverauto.com, pick from hundreds of new and used vehicles. You can purchase your vehicle online. If you have any questions, one of Red River's trained experts will help you through the whole process. Red River Auto makes car buying online easy. Your whole car buying process is completely transparent. If you want to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV, order online from the nationwide car dealer that believes in freedom. The dealer that will deliver your vehicle to your front door no matter where you live in the continental U.S., RedRiverAuto.com. You will be glad you did. Now, I want to tell you about the best-kept secret in American healthcare. Are you having problems with sinuses and allergies? Are you experiencing dizziness, vertigo, problems with your blood sugar, fibromyalgia, eczema, psoriasis, migraines? Well, the Arkansas Upper Cervical Center might be able to help you, even if you don't live in Arkansas. Let me tell you how. Your skull weighs anywhere from 8 to 15 pounds. It rests on the top bone of your spinal column, the atlas, which only weighs 2 ounces. So it's really easy for your atlas to get out of alignment. If it does, your whole spinal column can get kinked up like a chain. When that happens, your central nervous system isn't able to communicate with the rest of your body as it's designed to do. Now, I had severe hay fever for five or six weeks every spring all my life and migraines year-round. When I got my atlas adjusted, the hay fever went away, and it's never come back. The migraines went away, too. Again, if you're suffering from sinus conditions, allergies, vertigo, problems with your blood sugar, fibromyalgia, eczema, psoriasis, even migraines, do yourself a favor. Call my friends at the Arkansas Upper Cervical Center. 501-279-2009 for a free consultation. They've helped me. They've helped my wife. They've helped so many people we know. Please call them to see if they can help you. That number again for your free consultation, 501-279-2009. If you're outside central Arkansas, just go to their website, turnmypoweron.com. Click on the tab that says find a doctor near you, and I sure hope you can. Now, as you may have heard recently, AT&T lost billions on Wall Street after their satellite outfit, DirecTV, decided to delete Newsmax. If you want to delete AT&T or get rid of any of the big liberal cell phone carriers you've been tied to for years, I have the perfect solution for you. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative wireless carrier. Now more than ever, it's important to band together and support companies that share our conservative values. Now, I know what you're probably thinking. Doc, hey, I'd love to. Sounds great, but I'm afraid it'd be too complicated. I'm afraid it'd take too long. Well, don't worry about that. Switching to Patriot Mobile 
usually only takes 15 to 20 minutes. Patreon Mobile donates a portion of every dollar earned to organizations that fight for causes you care about. Patreon Mobile has exceptional nationwide coverage and uses the same towers the main carriers use. And Patreon Mobile guarantees your coverage. Patreon Mobile has plans to fit any budget, along with great discounts for our veteran and first responder heroes, as well as multi-line users. I know I'm saving a lot of money since I switched over to Patreon Mobile. Now, when you switch to Patriot Mobile, you're shifting your support from the leftist progressive agendas of Big Mobile to the Christian conservative causes of Patriot Mobile. You know, I recently found out Ted Cruz's dad, Pastor Cruz, shows up at the Patriot Mobile corporate office at 11 a.m. every Wednesday to do a Bible study with whatever employees want to join in. These are wonderful folks. When you become a Patriot Mobile member, your dollars are helping to fund our God-given right to freedom. A portion of every dollar they, they earn is given back to the causes that support organizations that fight for First Amendment religious freedom, freedom of speech, Second Amendment right to bear arms, sanctity of life, and the needs of our veterans and first responders. Switching is easy. Just do what I did. Go to PatriotMobile.com or call their U.S.-based customer service team at 972-PATRIOT and make sure you use promo code DOC, that's D-O-C, for free activation. All right, now, one of the members of Congress on the House Oversight Committee who spoke at the press conference Wednesday morning was U.S. Representative Byron Donalds, who represents part of Southwest Florida. And he made and amazing points about the Bidens when it comes to, uh, let's say, their business dealings. It went something like this. First, what we're seeing here, what we're witnessing with uh, the Biden family, frankly, is just a web of concealment, of deception. A lot of people would say corruption. But let's be very clear. You have this many companies involved with this velocity of transactions, size of transactions. Like my colleagues have said, this is not how normal businesses operate. Um, I had the ability uh, with Chairman Comer and other members of the committee to go over to the Treasury building and review documents. And having read those documents, one thing is became pretty crystal clear that there were many people who had serious questions about the transactions and about the velocity of these transactions, and they either get very, very, very deep into concealment, hiding money, shifting money, um, and for the purpose, we don't know, because one thing everybody in this room and the American people definitely know is that the Biden family doesn't really have a business. There is no business structure around this family. Okay, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. There is no business structure around this family? Let's see if we can get that again. And having read those documents, one thing is became pretty crystal clear that there were many people who had serious questions about the transactions and about the velocity of these transactions. And they either get very, very deep into concealment, hiding money, shifting money. Um, and for the purpose, we don't know, because one thing everybody in this room and the American people definitely know is that the Biden family doesn't really have a business. There is no business structure around this family. You got that? So this is pure money laundering. All these companies, there's no actual business. It's just 
collecting bribes. Except politics. And since Joe Biden has spent decades in the Senate, served eight years as vice president, and is now president of the United States, and the family's getting money from various countries and foreign businesses through various shell companies and this web of LLCs, I mean, guys, you in the press, this is easy pickings. I'm giving you Pulitzer stuff here. Like, all you have to do is literally look at our memo and see the level of detail upon which they have created this. And it's very, it's very, very frustrating. We have now been able to clearly see that the Biden's associates, like Rob Walker, Eric Sherman, has been discussed, created at least 16 companies while Joe Biden was vice president of the United States. 16 companies created while he was vice president. Now the list is 20, and as we continue our investigation, that list is growing. And like I said before, the question is, to serve what purpose? And the purpose of all these companies being created is to conceal money that the Biden family has been gaining because Joe Biden has been sitting at the upper echelon of our politics for almost five decades. Now, again, these are just shell companies. They aren't actually companies that do anything, okay? Here's more of Florida Congressman Byron Donalds. That is the entire purpose here. Here's an example of what I mean. You have Rosemont Seneca Partners, Rosemont Seneca Advisors, Rosemont Seneca Technology Partners, RSP Holdings, RSTP2 Alpha, RSTP2 Bravo, Rosemont Seneca Thornton, Rosemont Seneca Bohai. I want to make sure I pronounce it right. Bohai, B-O-H-A-I. And the list goes on and on. Cycling through this many companies serves no legitimate purpose. And as somebody who actually worked in banking, I did that long before I came here. Whenever there was like this many companies just laying all over the place and you see wire transfers and cashier checks over here going to random members of the family for no apparent purpose at the size and velocity at which all of this was being conducted, the only logical conclusion of a financial professional is you are concealing money. Let me restate this. You are concealing money from either the IRS or from credit agencies or from other people in general. That's the only reason you set up a structure like this. Some of these companies were connected to Hunter's personal professional company, Oswego, or Skinny Atlas, Scale Atlas, however you want to pronounce it. And the list goes on and on. And Mr. Biggs, he talked about Hudson West 3 and some of those other issues that were going on as well. One thing I want to make sure is that all of this has happened and Joe Biden is aware. Nobody in this room can logically sit here and say that the president of the United States had no idea that these companies were being formed while he was vice president of the United States. And I will add you, he was in probably in better mental shape then than he is today. Oh, <laughs> yeah, probably was. No, I'll throw that out there. And so what this committee is going to continue to do is pursue this investigation. We are going to continue to document and we're going to provide that information to all of you in the press. So to help you and frankly, you know, like Congresswoman May said, and probably help the DOJ along with their investigation. One quick note, it's interesting that the Department of Justice has been investigating Hunter Biden for quite some time. And we seem to just never really get anywhere. And so I think that's also interesting as well. I wonder what's going on at the Department of Justice. Uh, but that being said, the bottom line is there is no real business here. None. 
And let me also say this, because I know there are many in this room who wanted to go down all the various um, uh, schemes that our colleagues on the other side of the aisle accused the former president of. Be very clear. The former president actually had a business, very big business. You could say it was his name. You could say it was his buildings. You could say it was wine. You could say it was branding. You could say it was The Apprentice. But he had a very big and legitimate business, which everybody in this room clearly knows and understands and can point to and say, ah, that's the thing, that thing over there. Joe Biden has no business except his position in politics. And it is the requirement of this committee to investigate that. We're going to continue to do that, and we're going to let the facts speak for themselves. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. There's no business like no business. No, wait. That's not how it's supposed to go. Yeah, he, he. I mean, there's no business there. So when you hear the Democrats and the mainstream media, but I repeat myself, say, well, the Republicans, they got nothing. Uh, they're lying. The memo is pretty clear. This is money laundering writ large all over the place. And it's obvious. And, you know, the gentleman whose voice you just heard, Byron Donalds, he was in the banking industry for many years before he ever ran for Congress. And when he went over with several other members of the committee and started looking at uh, these financial records, these papers, He knew what he was looking at. Now, there's another problem, which is that there is allegedly an FBI whistleblower, and there's an FBI document which allegedly shows that big old Joe Biden is way, way, way into bribery and one of the committees in Congress has subpoenaed it, but it doesn't look like they're going to get it. And it just goes back to the politicization of this Justice Department and this FBI. So we have uh, Senator Bill Haggerty, Republican of Tennessee, less than two days ago, was politely questioning FBI Director Christopher Wray. And boy, doesn't doesn't Bill Bill Haggerty have a great voice? I noticed that. So don't don't be lulled to sleep by the the golden tones um, and the understated presentation. of Senator Haggerty's voice. Please try to key in on the content here because it's very serious. Director Ray, I'd like to start with you. Um, Senator Grassley and Chairman Comer subpoenaed an FBI document containing an allegation regarding a pay-to-play scheme between then-Vice President Biden and a foreign national. And your response was due just a little bit earlier today. So my question is, has the FBI complied with the subpoena for this document? Uh, I believe we submitted a uh, lengthy letter uh, earlier today. The, a letter 
uh, is, not the document that was the subject of the uh, subpoena request. I, I can't speak to the specific document. Uh, we are committed to working collaboratively with both committees, but we also have to balance sources and methods and ongoing investigations, uh, and we will continue to work through the accommodation process as has happened uh, many times in the past. Was there a plan to submit the document, or will it be never submitted, or has there been a conclusion? I would, I would, I would refer to the letter, which is, I think, quite detailed uh, and kind of goes through a fair amount of discussion about um, our proposed approach. To, to addressing the document. I do want to confirm, though, the document does exist. The FD 1023. Uh, I, I really can't get into the specifics uh, here. I, I will tell you that uh, we understand completely the importance of congressional oversight. That's important to me. I also understand very much, as I, I think you do, the importance of us protecting sources and methods and ongoing investigations. Uh, and we're committed to try to work through the process. I had a frustrating conversation last year with Attorney General Garland about something I'm still trying to understand here, and that's how the Biden administration can impartially investigate the Biden family. So I want to come back to that with you, if I could, today to get at it uh, a little bit deeper. My first question is whether you or anybody else at the FBI has communicated with White House employees or with Attorney General Garland or with DOJ staff regarding investigations that pertain to President Biden or to any member of his family. Well, I, I certainly have not communicated with the White House uh, about any investigation on that subject. Um, my instructions to our... And, and would that also include Attorney General Garland and the DOJ staff? Well, I, I don't know that I can get into any discussions I had with Attorney General Garland. I talked to him, you know, uh, probably every day, uh, one way or another, about all sorts of investigations, so that one's a little trickier. But... Uh, what I will tell you is, uh, as you know, I'm an FBI director appointed by the, the previous president, uh, and our uh, agents in our Baltimore field office uh, are working with a, a U.S. attorney from the previous administration, that is the U.S. attorney in Delaware, mm-hmm. uh, on, I think, the investigation you're referring to. And my expectations uh, of our agents on every investigation, which I communicate uh, like a broken record, uh, are that we are to follow the facts wherever they lead, to whomever they lead, no matter who likes it, no matter who so would it makes that happy Delaware happy. So would that Delaware U.S. attorney be the person then responsible for deciding um, about unlawful ev- uh, evidence of unlawful conduct by the president and about what to do with that evidence? Well, again, I don't want to uh, engage in hypotheticals, but the Delaware U.S. attorney is leading, I think, the investigation that you're that has been publicly disclosed mm-hmm. that you're, I think, referring to. Let me just come back to what I'm trying to understand then. If the FBI has in evidence, has uncovered evidence that alleges criminal conduct by the president, and you then, I presume, hand this to the DOJ if you uncover this, but I understand the DOJ's policy is they're not going to charge a sitting president while that person is president, and the DOJ is not going to provide that information to Congress, not going to comply with subpoenas for documents, um, it, it feels to me like it's a dog chasing its tail. And the question is, if illegal conduct is alleged or uncovered, how does the Congress or the American public ever get that evidence? In other words, this DOJ and this FBI are hopelessly compromised. And 
one of their main goals is to avoid any sort of oversight, any sort of accountability to the legislative branch. And they were really helped now last fall when 18, 18 Republican United States senators voted with the Democrats in the Senate for the $1.7 trillion spending bill, which included hundreds of millions more for the DOJ and FBI so they can continue to go after people who vote Republican. And I would say, you know, I I very rarely talk about anything other than national politics, but since I, I do still happen to do this program from the state of Arkansas, that includes both U.S. Senators from Arkansas, Tom Cotton and John Bozeman but 16 other Republican senators from other states also. Just so you know, here's more. Well, I, the um, decisions made by DOJ uh, about uh, how to staff prosecutions, at which U.S. attorney's offices, which counsel to appoint, all those sorts of things are uh, entrusted by regulation to the department, mm-hmm. to the attorney general. I can speak to what the FBI's role is and my expectations of FBI agents, um, and those are the ones I've communicated. But to be clear, if evidence were uncovered by the FBI, you would hand that over to the DOJ. They then make the determination, whether it's the attorney general or, the, in this case, the Delaware U.S. attorney, what to do with that evidence. And again, their policy is not to charge a sitting president, and we can't get the evidence in Congress. Is that correct? Decisions about who to charge, what to charge, uh, those are decisions made by prosecutors at the Justice Department, uh, including the U.S. Attorney in Delaware, um, and decisions about the Justice Department's communications about its decision-making are the Justice Department's decisions. I don't want to speak for them on we're, that. We're, we're right back at where we started without being able to clarify how we have an impartial investigation here, and I appreciate the opportunity to get some oversight. It's just very frustrating when we can. Yeah, it is. I mean, the director of the FBI works for the Justice Department, but he doesn't want to speak for the Justice Department. It's a charade, basically. It, 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 is, it is a charade. Now, we got Ted Cruz exploding at the border over Biden's crisis saying this is deliberate, nothing less than in an invasion. And I, I think I owe it to you to play for you the audio from the video of what Senator Cruz is saying down there at the border about the absolute travesty that's unfolding on our southern border. We are witnessing an absolute travesty unfolding on our southern border. On Monday, we apprehended over 10,000 people on the border the highest level in history. On Tuesday, we apprehended over 10,000 people on the border, again, the highest level in history. There are right now, where we're standing, more than 22,000 people camped just south of the border, getting ready to come across. Just in this location, in less than a month, we've had over 35,000 Venezuelans cross illegally just right here not counting the whole rest of the border. Every day, just right here, 
they're encountering, encountering 90 to 100 Chinese nationals. Now, for anyone that doesn't have their globe nearby, China is not immediately to the south of the United States. But 90 to 100 a day are crossing illegally on this border, being smuggled in by Mexican drug cartels. And, and I have to say I am angry because this is deliberate. This is a decision that was made by President Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and congressional Democrats to open up the border to what is nothing less than an invasion. Ask yourself, why is President Biden not here? Why is Kamala Harris not here? Why is Elizabeth Warren not here? Why is AOC, she still owns the white pantsuit, why is she not here with her head buried in her hands? Because they don't give a damn about the dead bodies. Six weeks ago I asked Secretary Mayorkas how many migrants died in the past year crossing illegally. He said, I don't know. The number is 853. But he can't be bothered to worry about that. I asked him how many women have been sexually assaulted in the last year by human traffickers. He said, I don't know, because the administration can't be bothered by that. I asked how many children have been physically and sexually assaulted. Again, I don't know. We're witnessing modern-day slavery. And maddeningly, what the Biden administration has decided is they want more. Title 42 is expiring today, and you know what happens tomorrow? Those numbers go up. This is an invasion, and they want the numbers to go up. Let me say to the men and women from the, from the Border Patrol, who are heroes, they are extraordinary heroes, and we're down here to tell them thank you, to tell them we love you, to tell them we got your back, even as your political superiors are making it impossible for you to do your job. The Biden administration is really proud now that they have apps on their phone. That when someone crosses illegally, they can fill out an application in two minutes. This is the Amazon version of illegal immigration. They're going to make it fast and deliver them anywhere in the country. We've seen six and a half million people cross illegally since Joe Biden became president, and the administration wants six and a half million to be 10 million, to be 12 million, to be 15 million, to be 20 million. And the body bags that pile up, they can't be bothered to worry about. I'll tell you, the great state of Texas is on the front lines. The volume is overwhelming. It's got to stop. Yeah, it's got to stop, but... Um... You know, they don't want it to stop. It's like you said, this is intentional. I don't know what it's going to take to stop it. I really don't. But what I do know is what I learned many, many years ago. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. It's a uh, it's a spiritual battle. There's no question about that. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and done all 
and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace, in all circumstances take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for the saints and also for me, that words may be given to me and opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. It's great spiritual darkness going on. And we need to be aware of that. To him who has ears, let him hear. Now coming up, I've just scratched the surface. I'm going to tell you how the Biden corruption empire ran under the radar for so long. That's coming up next. Look, the world is going crazy with supply chain issues, record-setting inflation, sky-high gas prices, woke corporations stand against everything we believe in. The big box stores are allowed to stay open all during the pandemic. You remember that. While so many little guys, small business owners, regular people were forced to close. The wealthiest people on earth became better off while mom and pop businesses suffered. What can we do about all this? How can our voices be heard? Well, we can make a difference by voting with our dollars. Why continue shopping at big box stores if you can get the items you need from a family-owned company? Buy only USA. These products include fresh American-raised beef raised in the Montana mountains near Yellowstone. This beef is known as Never Ever. Never has the animal ever been exposed to antibiotics, hormones, or vaccines. This prime or high-choice beef is shipped directly to your door. Pricing and availability is exclusive only to our members and isn't shipped anywhere else in the world. Now, finally, we can shop factory direct at a family-owned, made-in-America manufacturer. Americans are walking away from the big-box conglomerates by only USA. One of the best ways to get around this crazy inflation is to shop with family-owned companies that put their customers first rather than shareholders and corporate executives. A lot of Patriot influencers have come on board. I'm inviting you to join with fellow Patriots to cut off the cash flow of the big woke corporations that are trying to destroy our country. We're done with a woke globalist operation against humanity. Each of us can take market share away from these businesses that have enjoyed unfair advantages. We can choose to help each other by shopping family-owned Made in America. Join with over 2 million monthly shoppers that have already made the switch. Let's start voting with our dollars to make sure our purchases are supporting companies that promote freedom. This company is dedicated to offering family-owned alternatives for items we buy on a regular basis. Email us at buyonlyusa at proton.me, and I'll have one of my guys contact you. Buy only USA at proton.me. Now, our friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help everybody get the best sleep of your life. He's done it again, introducing MyPillow 2.0. 
MyPillow 2.0 has a brand new temperature regulating technology that keeps you comfortable throughout the night. MyPillow 2.0's new fabric dissipates heat and humidity to create a cooling sensation to maintain a cooler surface temperature. This new fabric technology helps regulate your body temperature throughout the night by creating a lower surface temperature for a more restful night's sleep. You know, your core body temperature plays a big role in how well you sleep. MyPillow 2.0 is developed to provide a cool surface. It's engineered for comfort. MyPillow 2.0 is available in four loft levels, machine washable and dryable, and there's a 10-year warranty, 60-day money-back guarantee. As a special introductory offer for my listeners, when you buy your new MyPillow 2.0, you get a second one free just by using promo code DWS. Mike also created the best bed sheets ever. They look great. They feel great, which means an even better night's sleep for me, which is crucial for my busy schedule. My wife and I just love sleeping on our Giza Dream sheets. Right now, buy a set of Giza Dream sheets for just $29.98 by using promo code DWS. My pillow also has blankets in a variety of sizes, colors, and styles like plush, waffle, or gossamer. Get huge discounts on blankets, duvets, quilts, and down comforters just by using the promo code DWS. And my new My Slippers moccasins. I had no idea slippers could feel this good. Right now, say big on my slippers. Slip-ons and moccasins. Close-out sale price is just $25 by using promo code DWS. Not only that, Mike's having the biggest closeout sale ever on his sandals for just $19.98. What makes my slippers different is Mike's exclusive four-layer design that you're not going to find in any other slippers. My slippers' patented layers make them ultra-comfortable, extremely durable, and they help reduce stress on your feet. Wear them anytime, anywhere. Just use promo code DWS for huge discounts. Now remember, that does not stand for washed-up Democrat politician Debbie Wasserman Schultz. No, no. DWS stands for Doc Washburn Show. MyPillow.com. The quantities are extremely limited at these amazing prices. So please order now. Just use promo code DWS. Now, the great Ronald Reagan once said, inflation is as violent as a mugger. As frightening as an armed robber, and as deadly as a hitman. Have you thought about the benefits of investing in precious metals? Well, I got five profound benefits. Number one, investing in precious metals is a hedge against inflation. Number two, it's a great way to diversify your portfolio. Number three, asset liquidity. Number four, precious metals tend to be a store of value. That means precious metals are an asset, commodity, or currency that maintain their value without depreciating over the long haul. Last but not least, number five, precious metals can be a hedge against geopolitical uncertainty and the struggling U.S. dollar. So we're honored to join forces with Beverly Hills Precious Metals and its owner, Andrew Sorcini. Andrew has been involved in gold and silver for over 40 years. Andrew Sorcini and his team at Beverly Hills Precious Metals know the gold and silver business inside and out. After many years in the markets, and collecting precious metals privately. Andrew opened Beverly Hills Precious Metals in 2010 to bring precious metals to the homes of everyday American citizens. Now, we found out about Andrew Sorcini and Beverly Hills Precious Metals from our buddy, General Mike Flynn, and we're glad we did. Andrew is a frequent guest on conservative podcasts. Beverly Hills Precious Metals is our gold buyer of choice. To learn more, 
about Andrew and his team, go to bh-pm.com. The BH stands for Beverly Hills. The PM stands for Precious Metals. bh-pm.com. If you can't remember that, just Google Beverly Hills Precious Metals. No matter what search engine you use, it's the first thing that comes up. Make sure you ask about the General Mike Flynn Silver Coin and let him know Doc Washburn sent you. We're honored to be able to tell you about Beverly Hills Precious Metals and the effort to help you in your attempts to protect your family's finances, wealth, and investments. bh-pm.com or Google Beverly Hills Precious Metals and tell them Doc Washburn sent you. All right, let me go straight over to James Bovard at the New York Post, how the Biden corruption empire ran under the radar for so long. And this just dropped the evening of Wednesday, May 10th. So Bovard says, I know Romanian corruption. He says, when I was exiting the country in 1987, after investigating its collapsing economy, I made sure to bribe every guard who searched my luggage at the Bucharest airport with a pack of Kent cigarettes. But I neglected to give a pack to the soldier on the tarmac as I walked to my Lufthansa flight. He was soon screaming and waving his submachine gun in my direction. Whoops! After the fall of the communist regime, the U.S. State Department launched a program to help Romania curtail corruption. Vice President Joe Biden masterminded that effort from 2009 to 2016. The program was a smashing success. Though Romania remains profoundly corrupt, Biden family members received more than $1 million from Romanian businessman Gabriel Popovicu. He was convicted for corruption even though Hunter Biden flew to Bucharest to testify on his behalf before the Romanian National Anti-Corruption Directorate. House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer declared Wednesday, while Vice President Biden was lecturing Romania on anti-corruption policies, in reality, he was walking billboard for his son and family to collect money. Comer noted that the money stops flowing for the Romanian national soon after Joe Biden leaves the vice presidency. Former U.S. Treasury official Phil Stevenson testified in 2017 that Romanian fight against corruption itself has been corrupted. Romania is only the tip of the iceberg of payoffs that the Biden family, including Joe's grandkids, pocketed from shady foreigners. A House Oversight Committee analysis exposed the Biden family's pattern of courting businesses in regions of the world in which the then vice president had an outsized role and influenced U.S. policy. The committee asserts the Bidens and their associates established a network of over 20 companies that collected at least $10 million from abroad. The report says the Biden took steps to hide, confuse, and conceal payments they received from foreign nationals. So how did Biden get away with being so squirrely for so long? Well, U.S. money laundering regulations are practically designed to shroud crimes by... American politicians. Federal agencies require banks to take far more precautions when handling financial transactions involving politically exposed persons, which includes almost all foreign politicians, their family members, friends, associates, and anyone else likely to take the money and run, like the old song said. 
But as the 2020 Federal Regulatory Notice declared, federal banking agencies do not interpret the term politically exposed persons to include U.S. public officials. Banks and other entities filed 170 suspicious activity reports tied to foreign payments the Biden family or their associates allegedly received. Bovard says, I predicted here on March 24th that Biden could face far greater peril from the Treasury Department's release of those suspicious activity reports. But the red flags were ignored because Biden, like every other American politician, was presumptively innocent. Our politicians are incorruptible? Tell it to the Marines. Biden announced in June 2021 the United States will lead by example to fight the scourge of corruption and support courageous citizens around the globe who are demanding honest, transparent governance. A White House states a White House statement promised to crack down on illicit financing that generates pernicious foreign influence. Was there was there a secret asterisk exempting anyone named Biden? Denouncing corruption is the easiest way for rascally politicians to appear to be honest. U.S. government anti-corruption campaigns have been a perpetual sham or a pretext for shakedowns. In 2010, President Obama proclaimed at the U.N. that the U.S. government is leading a global effort to combat corruption. The following year, House Republicans sought to end U.S. foreign aid for corrupt regimes. Secretary of State Hillary Clinton wailed that restricting handouts to nations that fail anti-corruption tests has the potential to affect a staggering number of needy aid recipients. Obama sent Biden to Afghanistan to admonish President Hamid Karzai to stop the corruption that was destabilizing that nation and spurring the Taliban's rebound. No such luck! Obama's ambassador to Afghanistan, Ryan Crocker, later admitted... Our biggest single project, sadly and inadvertently, may have been the development of mass corruption. In a 2015 speech to the Ukrainian parliament, Joe Biden denounced the cancer of corruption. But the previous year, his son Hunter jumped on the gravy train at Burisma, collecting a $1 million salary for a ceremonial position. Joe Biden declared in 2019... I did nothing wrong. I carried out the policy of the U.S. government and rooting out corruption in Ukraine. Well, he failed miserably. The International Monetary Fund recognized that year that its $20 billion in loans to Ukraine was a bust. Thanks to the government's decades of broken promises and systemic corruption, Americans would have learned little or nothing about Biden's foreign money machine if Republicans had not captured the House of Representatives in November. Congressman Comer said his investigation is still in the beginning stages. Now, remember what Biden told the Romanian parliament in 2014, corruption is just another form of tyranny. Well, Americans are still learning how our democracy is being subverted by this form of Biden tyranny. The one certainty is that there is far more pernicious foreign influence than Washington wants to admit. That's James Bovard, author of 10 books, and actually a member of the Board of Contributors of USA Today. They let a conservative in at USA Today, really? Well, this article is the New York Post, James Bovard, How the Biden Corruption Empire Ran Under the Radar for So Long. Wow.
Miranda Devine, New York Post, has the article Deep State Can't Cover for Scale of Biden Corruption. She says that the bombshells unleashed at Wednesday morning's House Oversight Committee press conference had been about the corruption of a Republican president via millions of dollars in foreign bribes to his family. The clamor for impeachment would have been deafening. But Joe Biden has the protection of the deep state and unscrupulous Democrat lawyers, so accountability will be slower, though no less certain if Oversight Chairman James Comer continues his dogged pursuit of the money. Now, Comer, of course, delivered an astonishing forensic interim accounting of the $10 million in payments from just two of the countries, Romania and China, which enriched the president's family during his vice presidency and in the weeks afterward. That's not counting further millions from Ukraine, Kazakhstan, Mexico, Romania, Oman, or earlier China deals and other foreign business deals the committee is investigating. The only business the Bidens were engaged in for all that filthy lucre was selling Joe's influence to the highest foreign bidder when he was vice president with no regard for national security. And with his knowledge and active involvement, including meeting at least a dozen of son Hunter Biden's foreign benefactors. Comer said this investigation is about Joe Biden, to state the astonishingly obvious. New York Post has been at the forefront of reporting on this corruption scandal for almost three years. Now that Comer had laid out a documented trail of million-dollar bribes paid to the Biden family, it's unsustainable for the president of the White House to continue to stonewall and deny the truth. Oh, I don't know. I don't think it's unsustainable. Because none of their voters are hearing about it. Right? Democrats don't pay attention to this kind of stuff. They have no idea. No idea. Wendell Huspo over at uh, Breitbart. Article DOJ does not deny existence of record alleging criminal scheme involving Joe Biden. Justice Department does not deny the existence of a record-alleging criminal scheme involving then-Vice President Joe Biden. The House Oversight Committee confirmed to Breitbart News Wednesday. On May 3rd, House Oversight Committee Chair James Comer subpoenaed the FBI for records alleging the criminal scheme. The document, an FBI-generated FD-1023 form, allegedly details an arrangement involving an exchange of money for policy decisions between Biden and a foreign national. Comer issued the subpoena following legally protected disclosures by a whistleblower to Senator Chuck Grassley's office. Wednesday was a deadline for the DOJ to submit the document allegedly in the agency's possession, but instead of handing over the alleged information, Christopher Dunham, DOJ's acting assistant director in the Office of Congressional Affairs, wrote to Comer, that such information is sensitive law enforcement material and refused to readily provide it, a letter obtained by Breitbart News shows. Well, see, this is what um, Senator Haggerty was asking FBI Director Christopher Ray about. In a statement, Comer said it's clear from the FBI's response that the unclassified, unclassified, do you get that? The unclassified record the Oversight Committee subpoenaed exists, but they're refusing to provide it to the committee We've asked the FBI to not only provide this record, but to also inform us what it did to investigate these allegations. The FBI has failed to do both. Comer demanded the FBI comply with the subpoena. He said, the FBI's position is trust, but you aren't allowed to verify. That's unacceptable. 
We plan to follow up with the FBI and expect compliance with the subpoena. Senator Grassley issued a similar statement, noting the taxpayers bankroll the FBI's salaries. He questioned, So the question remains, what did the FBI do to investigate very serious allegations from an apparent trusted FBI source implicating then-Vice President Biden? He said, Today's letter from the FBI raises additional questions including whether the FBI has an open investigation based on these allegations. The American people pay the FBI salaries, and they're entitled to a fulsome response. Yeah, but you know, I mean, I agree, but something is troubling me about this. Let me see. 18 Senate Republicans voted for a Democrat's sleazy $1.7 trillion spending bill. This is back in December, and... Let's see, who were they? Senators Roy Blunt of Missouri, John Bozeman and Tom Cotton of Arkansas, Susan Collins of Maine, Mitt Romney, Utah, Lindsey Graham, South Carolina, John Cornyn, Texas, Shelley Moore, Capito, West Virginia, Jim Inhofe, Oklahoma, Lisa Murkowski, Alaska, Rob Portman, Ohio, Jerry Moran, Kansas, Mike Rounds, and John Thune, South Dakota, Mitch McConnell of Kentucky, Roger Wicker, Mississippi, Richard Shelby of Alabama, and Todd Young of Indiana. Three GOP senators, Richard Byrne of North Carolina, John Barrasso of Wyoming, and Kevin Kramer of North Dakota didn't even bother to vote on the bill. Okay, so Grassley did not vote for this. Okay, so he's in the clear as far as that's concerned. Because, you know, it just gripes me when I hear a Republican senator jumping down the FBI director's throat or, or, or Attorney General Merrick Garland and find out that they voted for this $1.7 trillion spending bill, which gave hundreds of millions more to the DOJ and the FBI per year than they were already getting. You know, Tom Cotton talks a good game, but he, he voted to give them a lot more money so they go after more People who vote for Republicans like him. It's just, it's one of the craziest things. Margot Cleveland over the Federalist, though, has this article entitled Feds Started a Dangerous Game with Hunter Biden's Laptop, but GOP Lawmakers Can Finish It. And I want to get that in a minute. But before I do, I got to share with you. So, Canicola the Great. He reminds us over on Twitter, the FBI arrested Steve Bannon and Peter Navarro last year for defying a Trump-related House subpoena. They even uh, strip-searched Peter Navarro during his arrest. And this year, the FBI itself ignored a Biden-related House subpoena. So how does the FBI justify its actions against Trump supporters while protecting Joe Biden? Well, they're totally corrupt. Now, the guy who goes by Martyr Maid is responding. He says it's simple. They don't bother trying to justify themselves anymore. They don't think that you are entitled to an explanation, and they know there will be no consequences, whatever, for telling the Republicans to... um, 
how can I put this diplomatically, uh, take a long walk off a short pier. He also says, the film Richard Jewell, remember that? Clint Eastwood directed it. The film Richard Jewell, specifically the Olivia Wilde reporter and the John Hamm FBI agent, is a decoder ring for understanding how the regime sees half the country. Disgraced FBI guy Peter Strzok complained to the woman he betrayed his wife for that he could smell Trump supporters. The hatred that people like Peter Strzok have for conservative middle Americans is total dehumanizing and violent. It masquerades as mere arrogance and condescension until their superiority is challenged and then quickly accelerates to Hutu power levels. Talking about the... uh, the tribe there in Rwanda that uh, killed the other tribe, the Hutus and the Tutsis back in the uh, 90s. Now, Steve Friend, who's an FBI whistleblower, he says Christopher Ray is a coward and a liar. He is a disgrace to law enforcement, full stop. For anybody confused, Internet for any confused internet monitors from the FBI. Full stop is a tell with Christopher Ray. He likes to drop it every time. Every time he lies on camera, maybe bring that up to him at his his next meeting with his uh, with his handlers. Full stop. Wow. But wait, there's more. Jeff Carlson over at the uh, the Epic Times. He says, I find it very odd that at the Wednesday press conference of Congressman Comer and all these other Congress people, House Oversight Committee, that the Biden's deep involvement with Ukraine, Burisma, Mikola Zlochevsky, and Yelena Baterina wasn't even discussed. And I think part of the answer is they say they just scratch the surface. They're just getting going. But the great uh, Garrett Ziegler, who has the Marco Polo USA 501c3, said it already has been. And he links to bidencrimes.info, where you get the 600-plus uh, page report on the Hunter Biden laptop. It says, time for the country at large to get educated. Read the report, which is the same thing that Senator Ron Johnson told Chuck Todd. Uh, meet the press back in January. Read the report. Okay, now, let me get back to what I was getting ready to share with you. Margot Cleveland over the Federalist. Feds started a dangerous game with Hunter Biden's laptop, but GOP lawmakers can finish it. She says, here's how to unravel the government's info op, falsely branding, Hunter Biden's laptop is Russian disinformation. And she just dropped this Thursday, May 11th, 2023. She says the interim report of the House Intelligence Committee and Weaponization Subcommittee released Wednesday established extensive coordination between the Biden campaign and those behind the statement signed by 51 former intelligence officials that painted the Hunter Biden laptop as Russian disinformation. More explosive, however, is the fact 
first reported on Tuesday by the Federalist that a CIA employee solicited a former CIA officer to sign the statement. Yet there's still much more to unravel to expose the breadth and depth of the info op painting the infamous laptop as Russian disinformation and the government actors involved. Here are five threads that will lead to the truth. Number one, subpoena all 51 signatories. As its title stated, the House's report focused on how senior intelligence community officials and the Biden campaign worked to mislead American voters. While the October 2020 letter signed by the former intelligence officials is only part of the scandal, it's a solid entry point to learning the identity of many of those involved. The report already established Secretary of State Anthony Blinken, then a senior advisor to the Biden campaign, contacted Obama's CIA acting director Mike Morrell to discuss the New York Post reporting on Hunter Biden's laptop. Morrell also testified that speaking with Blinken spurred him to craft the letter in question so Biden could reference it during his final debate against then-President Trump. The House report highlighted several other plays involved in gathering signatories for the letter and revealed that at least one CIA employee solicited an individual to sign the letter. Now, the House stressed its investigation is continuing, but that neither Blinken nor the CIA have yet to provide documents requested by the committees relating to both the statement and the interactions between its signatories and the CIA. The committees also reportedly scheduled interviews with former CIA Director John Brennan and former Director of National Intelligence James Clapper, but it is not merely Brennan and Clapper who should be interviewed. While there are two of the most prominent former intelligence officials to have signed the letter, every signatory should be questioned and asked to provide relevant communications. If they refuse, subpoenas should be served and enforced. Specifically, Brennan, Clapper, and other signatories should be asked to identify anyone they communicated with or tried to about the laptop or the letter to reveal the identity of the nine additional former IC officers who were unnamed but represented as supporting the letter's conclusions. These 60 people, 51 plus 9 equaling 60, should be asked about everyone with whom they spoke or attempted to speak about the laptop or the letter at any time, including those connected to, one, the Biden family, two, the Biden campaign, three, elected officials, four, the Democrat Party, five, politicians opposed to Trump, six, the media, seven, current government officials, eight, other signatories, nine, foreign governments, and ten, anyone else. All related communications should be obtained. Based on those findings, any individuals not previously known should be added to the list of those to be questioned and subpoenaed. Those names will likely include many members or allies of the Biden campaign. We already know former Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense and Biden advisor Michael Carpenter and Andrew Bates, then a Biden campaign spokesman and the director of his rapid response team, were involved in pushing the Russian disinformation narrative. Additionally, from Mike Morrell's testimony to House investigators, 
We know the head of Biden's campaign, Steve Ricchetti, was involved, given that he arranged to personally thank Morrell for the letter. Morrell also said Jeremy Bash, whom Morrell knew through Beacon Global Strategies, arranged Morrell's conversation with Ricchetti, raising the possibility that Beacon Global Strategies played a role in the plot. These individuals should be further questioned on their roles related to the letter. Did they draft any language, propose revisions to the language? We know some of this already from the House report, but there's more to probe. Furthermore, all the signatories should be asked, had they read the New York Post articles? Did they know of the existence of the laptop or the FBI seizure of said laptop? Why did they supposedly believe it was Russian disinformation? Did they have any doubts? Did they watch the final Trump-Biden debate? And if so, did they believe Biden had accurately described their letter? What about Politico's infamous Russian disinfo article? Did they believe Biden or Politico had misrepresented their letter? If so, to whom, if anyone, did they express their concerns? And if not, why not? Okay, thread number two, probe FBI's involvement. The aforementioned strategy is a good starting point. But because members of the Biden campaign and others involved outside the government may not know or be honest about who inside the government participated in the election interference scheme, investigators should simultaneously work from the FBI out. Congressional oversight committees should start by interviewing and obtaining all relevant documents voluntarily or by subpoena from the FBI agents with knowledge of the laptop. They should begin with those who first learned of its existence when the father of John Paul Mac Isaac, the owner of the computer repair store where Hunter had abandoned his laptop, contacted the agency. According to Mac Isaac, in October 2019, his father, retired Air Force colonel, reported the laptop to FBI agents in the Albuquerque, New Mexico field office. Mac Isaac's father spoke with an agent telling him that his son had the laptop of the son of a presidential candidate and that it has a lot of bad stuff on it and he needs your help. Mac Isaac's father also told the agent that the hard drive contained pornographic material and content that was geopolitically sensitive, including dealing with foreign interests, a pay-for-play scheme linked to the former administration Lots of foreign money. And while Mac Isaac's father offered the FBI a copy of the laptop, the agent instead asked to review the repair contract. After reviewing it, the agent reportedly consulted with a regional legal officer, then told Mac Isaac's father they they should lawyer up and not talk to anyone about this. The agent then directed the repairman's father to the door. An agent later reportedly contacted Mac Isaac's father, who provided the agent with his son's contact information. Then, on December 9, 2019, the FBI served a subpoena on John Paul Mac Isaac for the computer, the hard drive, and all related paperwork, which Mac Isaac provided. Now, Mac Isaac would later claim one of the two FBI agents who retrieved the laptop from his Delaware store suggested he keep quiet. According to Mac Isaac, as the agents were leaving, he quipped, Hey, lads, I'll remember to change your names when I write the book. At that point, Mac Isaac claimed, 
Agent DeMio paused and turned to face me, replying, It is our experience that nothing ever happens to people that don't talk about these things. Sounds like a threat to me. Does it sound like a threat to you? But I digress. After seizing the laptop, the local FBI leadership told employees, you will not look at that Hunter Biden laptop, according to multiple whistleblowers. The whistleblowers further alleged that the FBI did not begin to examine the contents of Hunter Biden's laptop until after the 2020 presidential election, potentially a year after retrieving it. These details give congressional investigators ample leads to uncover who in the FBI knew about the Hunter Biden laptop beginning in Albuquerque and then moving to the FBI's Baltimore field office, which holds jurisdiction over Delaware-based investigations. The agents involved should be questioned to learn what they knew, what they did, and with whom they spoke, including whether they communicated with any member of the Biden family, campaign, or media. Investigators should also obtain the various FBI reports, the subpoena, the warrant used to obtain the subpoena, the chain of custody for the laptop, and other seized material, and all written or electronic communications. Focusing on the FBI is especially important because the day after the New York Post broke the laptop story, Russia collusion hoaxer Ken Delanian ran a so-called exclusive at NBC reporting that federal investigators are examining whether emails allegedly describing activities by Joe Biden and his son Hunter and found on a laptop at a Delaware repair shop are linked to a foreign intelligence operation. The next day, USA Today similarly reported the FBI's supposed involvement in investigating whether a Russian influence operation was at play. On October 17th, 2020, USA Today reiterated that the federal authorities are investigating whether the laptop is disinformation pushed by Russia. However, the FBI was not investigating whether the laptop was related to a foreign intelligence operation, but instead the FBI was investigating Hunter Biden. This FBI leak nonetheless furthered the Russia disinformation narrative. In fact, Anthony Blinken went on to share one of the USA Today articles with Morell. Then Morell referenced the non-existent FBI investigation as a justification for the letter as a text included in the House report shows. Specifically, Morell texted Mark Polymeropoulos, a former CIA acting chief of operations, saying, I'm thinking of writing something that says the FBI is investigating whether there's Russia involvement in this thing. And that makes sense because it has the feel of a Russia op. Morell asked Polymeropoulos if he wanted to help with the effort, leading the duo to draft the initial version of the statement together. Questioning the FBI agents with knowledge of the laptop and obtaining relevant communications would help establish who was behind the leak and whether anyone from the FBI communicated with the Biden campaign, the CIA, or any of the letter signatories. I bet they did. I bet they did. But I digress. Likewise, this line of inquiry would establish if anyone with knowledge of the laptop cautioned social media companies or suggested other FBI agents warn big tech 
to expect a hack and leak operation. Well, yeah, didn't Elvis Chan do that? FBI special agent from the San Francisco office? Number three thread, probe DEA's involvement. A third line of inquiry requires looking to the Drug Enforcement Administration and its role in executing a search warrant on the Massachusetts office of Hunter Biden's former psychiatrist, Keith Abloh, on October 30th, 2020. NBC News first reported that during a February 2020 DEA raid on Keith Abloh's office, agents reportedly recovered a second laptop belonging to Hunter Biden from a safe in Abloh's basement. The DEA then returned the computer to Hunter's lawyer, George Masiris. For a year, Keith Abloh had reportedly made repeated efforts to persuade Hunter Biden to retrieve his computer, but then the DEA raided Abloh's office just a few months after the FBI had seized Hunter's other laptop from Mac Isaac. The DEA agents involved should be asked whether they knew Abloh possessed the laptop and whether that fact motivated the execution of the search warrant. Did the DEA agents speak with any FBI agents? Did the DEA know of the Delaware U.S. Attorney's investigation into Hunter? Did agents review the laptop before returning it? If not, why not? And if so, what information did they discover? And why was the laptop not retained as evidence? This line of inquiry may prove a dead end, or it could reveal more election interferers. Thread number four, dig into Biden briefings. Next, investigators should review the intelligence briefings provided to Biden since October 2019, when the FBI first learned of the laptop's existence. Given the incriminating evidence contained on it, the intelligence briefings should have alerted Joe Biden to the national security risk. If the briefings included details about the laptop, the individuals involved should be questioned and documents subpoenaed to learn who knew what and did what with the information. But if the briefings did not mention the laptop, investigators should ask those responsible for putting together the briefings about their knowledge of the laptop and their explanation for omitting mention of it. Last but not least, thread number five, investigate the Giuliani investigators. Oh, yes, children. A fifth line of inquiry should look to those behind the investigation of Rudy Giuliani. Miranda Devine over the New York Post previously reported the FBI spied on the former mayor's cloud for two years from May 2019 a month after he began working as then-President Trump's personal attorney. So the FBI had access to all Giuliani's emails and iMessages for two years, meaning it's possible the FBI may have seen Bob Costello's August 27, 2020 email to Giuliani telling him of Mac Isaac's amazing discovery. In that email, Costello wrote, I'm arranging to get a complete copy of the hard drive as it contains lots of materials beyond the Ukraine stuff, according to the owner. The five emails he sent show that Hunter was directly involved in orchestrating his father Joe Biden's intervention to stop the Ukrainian investigation of Burisma. The email also said, I believe that we are on the verge of a game-changing production of indisputable evidence of the corruption we have long suspected involving the Bidens and Ukraine, but there is more. 
The Joint Committee's investigation should run down the possibility that those investigating Giuliani had access to his emails and learned of the laptop before the New York Post stories. If so, with whom did the agents share that knowledge? Again, interviews and documents are necessary to determine if any of these FBI agents were responsible for the leaks or communicated with the Biden campaign or big tech. Wednesday's report provides crucial details about the info ops run on Americans, but there is much more left to investigate to uncover all of the players who helped interfere in the 2020 election. That is the great Margot Cleveland. She is senior legal correspondent over the Federalists, and the article is entitled, Feds Started a Dangerous Game with Hunter Biden's Laptop, but GOP Lawmakers Can Finish It. And boy, you know they should. All right, Brian, it's time. Hit it. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. It's the Doc Washburn Show Tweet of the Day. And it's brought to you by Red River Auto. Red River Auto is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy the car, truck, van, or SUV of your choice the way you want to online, have it delivered to your front door anywhere in the continental USA. Today's Tweet of the Day. U.S. Representative Thomas Massey, Republican of Kentucky, who says Republicans are about to make a huge mistake. Biden forced millions of Americans to take vaccines by threatening their jobs and turning employers into enforcers. Imagine giving Biden the ultimate on-off switch for employment called E-Verify. Might as well call it V-Verify. I had not thought of that. But Congressman Massey is really sharp. He's got two degrees from MIT. And I think he's right, and I hope he verify doesn't pass. That's today's Tweet of the Day brought to you by Red River Auto. Big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy the car, truck, van, SUV of your choice the way you want to online have delivered your front door anywhere in the continental USA. You've been listening to episode 382 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. The views and opinions expressed on the Doc Washburn Show do not necessarily reflect those of our advertisers, but they love us and we love them. If you have any questions for us, email us. Contact at docwashburnshow.com. Today's program has been produced by Tim Terrible, directed by Mick Messy. This has been a terribly messy production. Portions of today's show will be taken overseas and dropped. If you'd like a transcript of today's episode of the all-new Doc Washburn Show, simply peel the roof off a Rolls-Royce panel truck and send it to Mansour's Computer Solutions, 7th floor of the Ephemeral B. Smoot Building, Whitehall, Arkansas, in care of Sheriff Mansour Sempier X, Senior Vice President, Engineering, IT, and Interoperability of the Doc Washburn Show. And that's the way it is. Friday, May 12th. 2023.